The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me riding shotgun, my co-host, Jim Mooney, Frontier Towing for all your towing needs. Good morning again, Jimbo. Good morning, Jerry. Back at it again, remember? I'll say it again. It's Super Safe Saturday. And if you don't want to visit our friends over at Ina Road Collision Center, you'll do the super, super safe Saturday thing. No texting, no driving, no texting and driving, no drinking and driving. Keep your keep your hand, uh, keep a lookout for those hazards. Uh, when it's raining out there, keep your eyes on the windshield. And folks, that doesn't mean look at your phone and using the camera on your phone to look ahead to see what's in front of you. Okay. The camera on your phone is not designed to be your vision as looking through the windshield. Actually, put that phone down and actually just look out the window, and you can see a lot. <laughs> Don't be prepared to be prepared not to have that phone in you while following the directions because you really can't see what you're doing. Um, I see it happen a lot. I see people staring at their phones, looking at the turn-by-turn directions, and have no idea where they're going. If you're unsure of where you're going, Look at the map before you go, you know, like we used to do in the old days. <laughs> Get out the book map if you don't know, but look at your map where you're going, and then you know, kind of recognize the streets where you want to go. That way you don't have to follow the GPS the next time you go. Because, you know, it, if you could just drive home without uh, having to look at your map, my goodness, that would be a revolutionary concept. Um, if you're working on your cars, do the super safe Saturday thing. Jack stands under your vehicle. Uh, disconnect your batteries when you're working on electrical or disconnect them anyways. Just a, just a good practice. Hood props in case your hood, your hood, uh, pneumatic shocks don't hold up the hood because I know I have and I know Jerry has had the, the pleasure of the hood falling on your, on your head. <laughs> That's always an eye opening, <laughs> awakening, or an awakening, uh, day to, awakening way to start your day. If you think coffee will wake you up, yeah, have a is. hood fall on your head. <laughs> So, anyway, It'll either wake you up or knock you out. <laughs> wake you up or knock you. Either way, you're going to be an unhappy camper. So that's right. Anyway, that's where we're well, at. Well, Jim, 
Good. Uh, Jim brought up Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision. It's 4425 West Ina Road. The phone number is 520-744-4454. 744-4454. Ina Road Auto Collision. And by the way, if you have a vehicle that's towed into them by, by Frontier Towing or anybody, and it was pulled out of a wash, and maybe it hit a big rock as you're going in the wash or something like that where you've got some physical or some physical damage on the exterior and you take it in, uh, tell them that it, you was in a wash and let them inspect that vehicle before they start to repair it because it may be something that instead of repairing it, you just want to just tell the insurance company, no, I buried in a, I buried it in a mud hole and, um, because I personally would not trust that vehicle after that, based on what I've seen on my truck. Uh, it's it's kind of like a cancer that gets in there. It, it just absolutely takes out your electronics, especially on these late model cars. So be sure and have that thing checked out proper. And uh, Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, if they're in there, you tell them they will find it because they go inside, outside, under it, through it with a magnifying glass to make sure that everything that that all of your concerns are addressed, not just what the fender looks like, but all of it, especially if it's in a flood. And I'm sure they've seen it. And they'll be able to keep you out of trouble on this. So just keep that in mind when you're out. In other words, stay out of the flood. Stay out of the water. I mean, I mean, my gosh. I noticed that the chuck holes are getting bigger now in Tucson. And they've got some roads that started to ripple a little bit because of the amount of rain that we've had, especially on the northeast side. And around town... And the roads with the construction equipment running on them and a lot of traffic, they're actually running across the water on the cracks of the road. The water's gotten down inside to the pavement. And then you have the water sitting in these chuck holes that you hit with your 8,000-pound truck or your 3,500-pound car. Water does not compress. It blows up. I mean, you hit water, and it's got to go someplace, and it'll just start making that chuck hole bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, you know, to the defense of Pima County, you can only fix so many chuck holes at one time, especially at the amount that I have seen out on the roads recently when I was running around, actually just cruising and looking for chuck holes. They got some monsters out there, monster chuck holes. And with it raining, and it's supposed to rain again today, looks like it will, and they fill up those little water holes, you, you drive across them and you think, oh, well, it's a little dip in the road here. I'm going down this little dip. And it's got a little water in it. No problem. There's another car coming, so I'll slow down and I'll just go on through. And then you hit that chuck hole. Well, it makes the chuck hole bigger. So keep this in mind. Don't, don't hit the big chuck holes because it can knock your front end out of alignment. It can bend components inside because of the light weight of these cars and a shock is what actually bends the components it's not if you just roll up to it stop drive down in it really easy and then go out the other side that probably unless it's about a foot deep that probably will not affect the front end alignment 
But if you hit that thing at about 30 mile an hour, 45 mile an hour, you're going to have some problems. And you'll notice it because it'll start pulling to the, the left side or the right side. First thing I want you to do is when you park it, go out and look. Make sure your tire pressures are all the same on both sides. And then if they are and you're still pulling, then you need to get that thing into a front-end alignment shop. You can do it at Parker Automotive. You can do it at Automotive Specialist. You can do it at Simmons. And you can do it wherever you want to do it, to your favorite shop. But get that front-end checked. Because if it's still pulling, there is a problem. <coughs> Excuse me. So that way you will be ahead of it, and it won't be ahead of you. And I know there's a, a there should be a tire sale going on just about any place you look now. Uh, whether or not they have the right tires to fit your car might be a little issue because there's still a, uh, I won't say a shortage of all tires. I will say there's a shortage of some tires because I've had people that I've talked to that couldn't find the brand that they wanted or the size tire that they wanted because, no, they're not available right now. So I'm going, wow, 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 wow. So heads up, heads up. All right. Now, we were talking about uh, uh, Spectrum Mino. Uh, anything you want to have done with a car body on, at Spectrum, they can do. If it's got uh, the sunspots on it, you can take it off. You can get it matched up without having to paint the whole car. Unless the whole car is blistered, then you're going to have to paint the whole car. But it sure does look better after you get it done. I'll tell you that right now. If you're looking for cheap, it ain't going to happen. It, uh, your definition of cheap and my definition of cheap is probably not that far off. But cars, you know, there is no thirty nine ninety five, forty nine ninety five. That won't even paint the wheels. Um, so, and if you do wind up getting one of these uh, seventy nine ninety five paint jobs, they're going to be good for about a maybe a year, and then they're going to be coming out in crow's foot. They're going to be coming off. They're going to be blistering up. It's not the way you want to go if you plan on keeping the car. Go ahead and spend the money, bite the bullet, complain a lot, and uh, get it done. Uh, automotive specialist, Mr. Test First, Don't Guess, located in 3611 West Ina, which is in the Bookman's Plaza. Uh, Brian's phone number, Mr. Test First, Don't Guess, is 520-572-2724. And that'll get you Brian's office. Let me verify that. 20, no, 237 no, 572-1734, to the business. And his sale number is 520-237-3852, and he's located on the west side. Absolutely an excellent shop. Uh, he's the, he is known. You can Google him, and it'll come up, test first, don't guess, automotive specialist. We've actually got him coined that in the Google, so we looked it up to verify it. And... Uh, it's automotive specialist, az.com. You can go to his website. You can go through his website. It's easy negotiated. Uh, it's a good, very complete website. And that'll tell you what's available at automotive specialists. Uh, they do operate by appointment, please, because they are like most of you good independent shops. They're busier than a son of a gun. So just give them a shout down there. Lensautobrokerage.com. LensAutobrokerage.com, Desert RV, 
dot com. And they're they're part of uh, Lens Auto Brokers. Uh, you can reach them by going to lensautobrokerage.com and desertrv.com. Desertrv.com specializes in toy haulers. So for you guys getting ready to go camping, get ready to go deer hunting and stuff like that, it's that time of the year. Uh, if you're looking for one, desertrv.com. Merrill's Automotive. Merrill's has a machine shop that they operate on a Saturday. And it's 15 West Ajo. They do drums, rotors, flywheels for the weekend warriors. The phone number is 520-807-4010. That'll get you into Merle's Auto Machine Shop on West Ajo. For the rest of you, go to merlesauto.com. Merlesauto.com. They got 10 places in Tucson, Arizona. They got them scattered out all through the states. Uh, they've got them uh, in, in Sierra Vista, they got them in Marinci, they got them in Globe, Casa Grande, and Green Valley. And they make daily runs to the big Tucson Wirehouse here on south, just across, down the street from Jim's, actually, Frontier Towing. Uh, they're the real deal. When you're looking for quality parts at competitive price, foreign, domestic, or 18-wheeler, give them a shout. Merrill's Auto, merrillsauto.com for the location nearest you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. All right. Now I'm done. I'm I'm out of trouble on those, Jim. So we can continue with the show. Sometimes I get a little ahead of myself, and I don't get everybody in I'm supposed to. But I try not to make it happen since they bring you the show. They help me offset the cost. I th- all right. I think you, uh, what do we? Oh, we're. Go ahead. I think you got them all in there. I think you got everybody in there. You know, if if you if you got right. Brian Fuller's number wrong, just just go down there and knock on his door. Hey, Brian, we're here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I got it right the second time through. I couldn't read my own handwriting. <laughs> That's uh, what happens, happens when you it get uh, beer. Early morning. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's just that time of the day. All right. On the previous hour, we were talking about their gas price hike is going to be coming up again. It already starts to move. And according to the feds, they say it's due to domestic and global issues. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. It is. Um, So you can just uh, start paying attention to the way you're driving and keep a car running as clean as possible, give it a chance to operate the way it was originally designed. And I think you'll be very happy with it. And you just, that's that's the way you got to do it. All right. There's a few things in an automobile. It's called seven vehicle noises you should never ignore. A sound like a coin and a clothes dryer. Anybody does the laundry, you know, when you hit the clothes dryer, you got to click, 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 click. Don't ignore it. Get it checked out. Brake squealing, grinding, or growling. Brakes squealing, grinding, or growling. A finger snapping, popping, or cracking sound when you turn, or clicking sound when you turn. 
It could be anywhere from a dry drive axle, front drive axle, to a frozen ball joint. There's just too many things, and it needs to be checked out because that is not normal. A rhythmic squeak that speeds up as you accelerate. That could be a uh, brake squeaker, a, a brake uh, pad notification squeaker coming on. It could be a, if it's a, got a drive shaft in the back end of it, it could be a dry U-joint because they start squeaking first, then they start clicking, and then they start shaking like the dickens, and they go out. A howling, whining, or even singing song in the car. Yeah, I know it sounds dumb, but they do make these noises. Rhythmatic clunking, tapping, or banging from under the hood. It could be a uh, air conditioning clutch going out. It could be a valve lifter uh, that has come out of the rocker, and it sounds like you're beating it with a hammer, actually. And so don't ignore that. Squilling on the hood at startups or when accelerating. Squilling on the hoods when you started up or accelerating. You could have been working on the hood with some brake clean and uh, or uh, hose conditioner, and you put it on a hose, or you could be it, – it's not supposed to go on a serpentine belt, by the way. Or uh, it could be uh, about anything. I mean, it needs to be checked out, and you need to find it. Squilling on the hood, if you're working on the radiator and you're, you're let's say you're changing a radiator fluid, and then when you're putting a, the uh, fluid in the radiator, you spilt some, and it went on a belt. That'll dry it out, and that'll cause a squeak, and it normally will show up, and it'll show up as soon as you fire it up. It'll be squeak, chirp, 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 one of them deals. And then it'll go right with your RPM as you increase. The chirping will increase with it. And it normally comes from spilling antifreeze on the belts. <clears throat> and if it spills antifreeze on the serpentine belt, it will squeak. If you, spit, if you put it on a V-belt, v it will squeak. And then you have an option. You can try to clean it with belt cleaner on the non-serpentine belt. On the V-belt, you can clean them. And you can try to clean that antifreeze off of that belt. You may clean it for a day. You may clean it for two days. If you're lucky, it may come off if you caught it early enough and didn't burn it into the belt on rotation. So then you can clean it off, and then you'll be okay. If not, you're going to have to replace the belt and just wipe down the um, inside of the um, tensioners and stuff like that with the grooves where you run the V-belt over. So, all right, so that's, that's it. Don't ignore it. Actually, it's okay if every now and then you turn the radio off and roll down the window and drive and listen for these noises, and I highly recommend that. The car will talk to you. It's just, uh, you know, I, I run across a funny thing the other day. He said, if a, if a car is squeaking, turn the radio up. If a car has a clunk in it, turn the radio up. And so it seems like the radio cures a lot of problems. They're still there, but you can't hear them. So heads up.
All right, let's go to the phones. Who we got? We got Jesse on the line. He wants to make a comment, a quick comment about fuel prices, I guess. Fantastic. Okay, Jesse, and welcome to the show. Well, buenos dias, and good morning, Jerry. I, I think you're a little bit bilingual. Good morning. But uh, as, as you recall, they heard it first in the Jerry Simmons Car Care Shop Talk last month when I uh, advised your listening audience that prices would increase in the month of October. And every year in the spring and fall, this happens when refineries do maintenance. And But in the past, that's in April where refineries did do maintenance, but not also on the pipeline, but also within the refineries. So that caused the spikes for for almost two months. But currently, the media, certainly, they just read whatever information is given to them. But what has caused the, the current price increase is that in California, three refineries shut down because having to deal with uh, refinery maintenance on it. So that's, that's the, the issue that, that caused the price spikes. Uh, it affects certainly Maricopa County, which is a Phoenix market, because the the Metro Phoenix area, which includes Casa Grande, has to use what they call carb fuels, California Air Resource Board type of blended fuel, which is mandated by the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. And so if it fails air quality standards, then uh, Maricopa Phoenix Market has to use only that particular blend. Or in Tucson, southern Arizona, primarily it's just... Uh, uh, just a generic gasoline, then they blend 10% ethanol in it. And the majority of fuel that that is consumed here in Tucson comes from the Gulf Coast through the pipeline uh, from El Paso. It normally takes uh, uh, almost about a week for the supply to get in. So this is why uh, some of the reports that showed that Tucson has some of the lowest prices. But as in in order for refineries then to to slow down the the purchase of fuel, of course, prices goes up. The simple solution that all refiners, and this is where, where government should intervene, where they should stagger refineries when they do maintenance. This way, see, it reduces the price spikes that consumers get each and every year in the spring and the fall. Oh, good. Did not know that. I know it now. Yeah, so so okay, basically so you heard it first better Jerry, or worse? Simmons, car share shop talk. The, mm-hmm. the current price spikes that's occurring now is because of three refineries that had issues in California and shut down. Uh, but uh, if there's any good news, normally right before Thanksgiving, then prices start to decline, and hopefully they'll be extended through the holiday season. Yeah, good luck with that. But anyway, here's your gasoline like report, and uh, want to wish you and your and your listening audience as we enter into the Halloween and and holiday season a safe and festive uh, season this year. All right, thank you much, Jesse. Appreciate you your bet. report, a, buddy. Just have keep a good listening. Take Anything care. we need to hear, just give me a call. Uh, and for the Halloween, they have that fentanyl that's coming out, and I I seen that, and I got a little concerned about it because it is it it is for real. The fentanyl looks like M and M's. It looks like candy. 
So for the people that have kids out and are going around, tell them don't eat anything till they get it back home, and you can actually uh, look and see what they wound up with. Even better, go with them. And they go to a place and they get the candy, take a look at it. Because with the stinkers we have out there, somebody's going to be putting it in these uh, little Halloween bags and stuff like that. Uh, but that is very extremely dangerous. Uh, the article said it was made, it is made out of China and it's sent over. And uh, I don't care where it was made, it still looks like candy. It looks like something that it had to be made in a factory because it's that perfect. And they're different colors. And, you know, to look at them, they say, well, that's a, that's a neat blend of candy. And, but they're not candy. They're very dangerous. So the people out there that have kids going Halloween trick-or-treating and stuff like that, please be careful. It's real. It's here. And we just need to deal with it. So, and that's all I have to say on that little subject. All right, we've got, <clears throat> I hit it a little bit earlier, which was, um, hunting season. So you got hunting season. You got guys that are going out and they haven't done anything to their uh, trailer since last hunting season. So they figure, well, you know, only drove it a couple of hundred miles. Should be good. Yeah, but it's been set in twelve months. It should not be good. Don't assume it's good. Go ahead, check your wheel bearings. Check all of your lighting to make sure the pack rats hadn't got in there and rearranged all of your electrical wires, you know, like separation. Skin it back so that the the hot wire is going to cross over to the ground wire and blow a fuse and take out your lights. And for the ones of you out there that are driving, uh, and the days are shorter. I covered this a couple of weeks in a row. I'm going to cover it again today. Only because yesterday morning when I was driving, I seen a vehicle about a hundred, about a hundred and fifty feet from the front of my vehicle. On the other lane, thank goodness, nobody was out of the lane, so it was a safe passage. But they were driving a gray, you know, this like battleship gray that they've got out now. He was driving one of those and no lights on. And that battleship gray is a late model paint. He should have had at least the running lights or the headlights on, uh, which is supposed to be automatic. Well, I didn't see any automatics on it. Either that or somebody had painted this vehicle gray because they liked the color and it wasn't a late model vehicle. But I couldn't see the vehicle. And lighting, brake lights, on most of your little SUVs, they have three brake lights in the back. They have one on the right, one on the left, and one in the center of the deck lid. Um, you need to make sure all those brake lights are working, and it's something that you can check. You don't have to take it into a garage, but it, please, please inspect your lights because people are going to work earlier, and they don't realize that it, in dust and dawn, it's hard to see these vehicles if you don't have the lights on, especially if the person behind you is driving with their lights on because my eyes adjust to the lights coming from the guy behind you. You may be far enough in front of him which that I can't even see you. And, you know, so it's just do do the turn your lights on. They don't cost that much to run, and they're a heck of a safety item. So do you have anything on the lights or anything, Jim? I see it all the time. <laughs> People do not turn their lights on. I don't understand it. 
Um, I saw a car that just, uh, I think it was yesterday, was driving just the headlights on. Not not a light one on anywhere, not a blinker light, not a not a running light. And it was a it was a silver car, but I, I was I mm-hmm. tried to get the guy's attention, you know, hey, your lights are off, but nope. That was he was too buried in his phone and uh I, you know, you couldn't see him. I could barely see him oh, at all. So if, uh, no. if you're coming, you know, if he's sitting there, you know, with his foot off the brake because it was a manual transmission car because I could see the shifter, you know, the likelihood of you seeing him is going to be pretty pretty difficult. And when you're driving, and you, um, you know, just be aware of that kind of stuff. That's, you know, be aware of the unknown. And I and I know I have the issue because as you mature a little bit, you, light bright lights are really tough at, for uh, for mature generations <laughs> maturing generation people <laughs> sometimes it's a little tough to you know to to see a car with uh, that has no lights on just because you know oncoming lights well, are really bright those LEDs are incredibly bright today yeah if you have if you have a car and it has your automatic lights that come on the headlights during the day they don't operate their back lights so if you're driving down the road and all you have is your little front lights on that's one thing but if somebody's following behind you and it's uh, early morning and it's still partially dark and they can't even see you up there until you actually put on your brakes, till you hit your brakes, if your brake lights are still working. But just remember, those lights, I run mine, I turn my headlights on on my little Honda and run around town. People must think I'm stupid or something. But it lights up the back end, lights up the front end, and with the front running lights, all it does is just put lights out front. Okay, so people coming towards you can see you. How about the guys behind you that are coming up, and maybe they're running a little over the speed limit, and you're actually running the speed limit. And then all of a sudden, they're right on top of you. So turn your lights on, people. They don't cost that much to operate. They don't pull that much of a drain from the battery or electrical source on these cars. But that is the communication from your car to the other cars. Now that that's that's the base rule right there. It is the communication system from your car to another car. The driver may be texting and not paying attention, but if you can see his car, you can probably figure out, okay, there's a car in front of me, and therefore I can keep my distance and I don't have to worry about it. But if you can't see the hind end of that car in front of you, and then all of a sudden you're you're let's say you're running eight to ten mile an hour over the speed limit and he's running the speed limit, you're gonna be on top of him before all of a sudden you're just gonna hear this noise and then you're gonna be calling frontier towing at seven four eight eleven hundred said, Come and get me, I just smacked the crap out of a guy. And by the way, you hit that guy in the rear end, it's your fault. So do yourself a favor because it takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half to clear a accident scene. And if you're running late for work, uh, I got a recommendation. Leave about 10 minutes early to make sure you have some time just in case you need to change a tire or something like that. And you're really good at changing a tire because that's going to take you about 20 minutes if you're not. <laughs> and then I had a conversation with a person this past week that says, what about I can't use this little lug wrench that they give me to take the lugs off of my car because I tried changing the tire and it just didn't work. This was a female. 
And I told her, I said, you go down to Merle's or a class, part, a class A parts store, something like that, and you get a star wrench, which has got four sides on it, and they're big and long. I've got one in my uh, diesel that I can I can change a diesel tire. I don't care if it is torqued 120 pounds with this lug wrench, but it's the same lug wrench that most of your 18-wheeler guys carry, the big son of a gun. Of course, most of the 18-wheeler guys are smart, and they carry an impact gun and helps you take them off. But with the tires put on, and the average on the little cars is going to be about 75 pounds of torque. And if a guy puts it on with an air gun that's set up at 150 pounds, you can go up to about eh, 95, 120, 125. And you get ready to use that little old bitty torque wrench that says, oh, if your tires are torqued at 70 pounds, it'll take it off. If it's torqued at 90 pounds, you're going to break your knuckles on the asphalt trying to change this thing because it will not hold up. So I just recommend that you get a star wrench, and then you'll have your problem solved. Then if you still don't trust the people putting your tires on, then get you about a two-foot breaker bar pipe and throw it in your trunk. And then you can put it on the end of the star wrench. You can still hang on to the star wrench, and you can still push that thing down and break it loose. I've done it both ways in my lifetime. So when you're dealing with a tire on the side of the road, you need to get that thing changed as soon as possible. And if you're, of course, if you're like most technicians that I know that are out running, like Parker Automotive, the guys that run race cars and stuff like this, they have impact guns with them. They can change the uh, spare tire on a trailer or a car or a truck on the side of the road. It's just not quite as fast as NASCAR, but it'll be a close second. And they can get those things changed and be back on the road where you're sitting there on your back floor mat because the road's too hot and you've got it under your knees so you don't burn your knees. And you're sitting there struggling with that lug. So there are options to that. And hopefully you'll think about it before you just jump in this car. It's brand new. And you say, wow, this is really cool. I got a nice, cool car. You better know what you've got in there to change a tire. Because changing the tire or getting a flat in the middle between here and Yuma, you need every bit of the help you can get on these things. And, you know, it's it's not – I actually carry a extra uh, floor stand jack with me and when i jack a car up i put that thing on the frame so that uh, it's supposed to catch it in case the jack rolls off or moves or anything like that or the car is not balanced right and it rolls away from me and that way it don't slam the tire out on top of me i've said it before when you're pulling a tire off of a car or truck or a trailer You pull the bottom of the tire out first, leave the top of the tire in toward the fender well, because if the car moves or falls, it will suck the tire to the inside of the fender well. It won't slam you in your lap or in your chest or in your face while you're sitting there pulling it off. When you put the tire back on, you put the top of the tire in first, then for the same reason, and then you line it up to the lug nuts on the bottom. And then you put a couple of lug nuts on it, run them up, not torque them, put all your lug nuts on it, 
and then just run them up nice and snug and then put a little torque on them. And then when you start to spin the tire, let the tire, let the jack down just where the tire makes contact to the road. Give them another round of torque. Skip every other lug nut as you're torquing around. You start with cross. You put one up at 10 o'clock and you put the other one down on the other side right across from it, and then you run these up, and then you torque and put the wheel on. And that way you should be safe. But if you have the stand under the car, remember, when you let the jack down, you may have to, and you forget the stand, one, the tire's not going to sit down on the ground. So you're going to have to either lower the stand under the car so that you can get the contact. So if you've never changed your spare tire in your life, you may want to start practicing because at some time while you're driving a vehicle, you will have a flat tire, and you need to know where the equipment is to change it and how to change it. And then all of, everything I'm telling you will make perfect sense, just perfect sense, because it's not fun to watch somebody pull the tire off, and they reach and grab it from the top, and they pull it out, and here comes the vehicle with it. It comes to your side. It slams that tire. I was, well, it wasn't me. My technician was lucky. He was back away from it. It did slam the ground and with enough force to break your ankles, break your hands, break whatever it hits. So that is one of the safety things that Jim's been talking about. Use the stands. Make sure that the ground that you're jacking up from has a solid base on it, whether it be a block of wood or a little jack stand from uh, Camping World. You can go to Camping World and get them. They're cheap. And they do work. And they keep from sliding and moving around. Once you get the car jacked up, I want you to just stand up beside it and just grab a hold to the side of the car and just wiggle it. See how much wiggle room you got. Because if it'll wiggle, it will probably fall and you won't be under it. And then you'll say, well, plan two. Got to go back and be a little more careful as I do this. And But remember to shake it first before you start pulling that tire off. It don't take that much strength to wiggle the car to see how solid it's going to be setting. Because if it's not setting solid, it should fall off. At least you're not under it and you're not around it. And you can just pick the equipment back up and reposition it and go again. So that's my little little thing for um Spare tires. If you drive a truck, you put a chain on the spare tire to keep it there because they're still in spare tires. And a spare tire and rim is around a $300 ticket. Uh, if you put a chain on it or a cable on it that's got a lock on it, make sure that lock still works. Make sure that you have the key for the lock if you want to use a master lock because it's supposed to be the greatest. And you've got a, a lock because if that lock don't have a cover over the keyhole on the lock itself, it will get road debris and stuff up in there, and it will not want to work. <coughs> and for unless you have a set of uh, a bolt cutter or a cable cutter on you, you're not going to get that back, that spare tire out of that. If you got the tire that rolls down on a uh, a screw handle and you put it in through the back bumper, and it goes in and goes in this little hitch on the back of your truck, and you say, okay, this is going to be good. I just stick it in there and wind that son of a gun down. Then you go to look for this handle, and you haven't found it before. It may be under the hood. 
It may be under the seat. You don't know. Know where your equipment is to change a spare tire. If you don't like the equipment that they've got in there for a spare tire, go down to Merle's or go down to someplace and buy you a rolling floor jack, a tuba eight for a base, and a stand, and a air, get you a, a battery-operated impact gun, and then you will have the equipment to change a spare tire. But you've got to know where your equipment is. If you don't know anything else, at least know where it is so you can tell somebody, yeah, it's located right here. Or somebody, good Samaritan, comes by and helps you with this. But know where your equipment is so that you can explain it and show it to the people that actually stop by to help you do it. If they start to pull that tire off on the top side when they're doing it, say, hey, I understand that uh, you're supposed to pull it out from the bottom. That way, if the car falls, it won't slam the tire on you. Don't be bashful. Tell him that. Because if he screws that thing up and he comes out in his lap, he's a good Samaritan, you're going to feel bad anyway, and he's going to have a problem. So, you know, it's not if he gets mad at it, maybe he's not the good Samaritan and needs to be working on your tire. Okay? You got anything you want to add to that, Big Jim? Uh, yeah, sure. So if, you, if you're going to break down between here and Yuma, make sure you do it in Dateland. Because if nothing else, you can stop and get yourself a date shake. Now, although it's not going to help you fix the tire, <laughs> it will certainly be a little more relaxing. Because they're not bad. I've had a date shake. They're pretty darn good. So um, as, as Jerry's talking about, know where your equipment's at. If um, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, if you're the responsible party for the for the person that's driving the car, it's important for you to know where everything is at. The jack, the lug wrench, the tire, the fix-a-flat, or the air compressor that may be available. Because you're going to walk mm-hmm. the person who's driving the car through this process. And the reason why I know this is because when people call me about towing, the, usually what happens is, when a car has a failure or breakdown, it won't run or has a flat tire, the first thing that anybody does is they reach out to a trusted friend or family member, right? So wife or so whoever it is, reach out to a wife or husband, reach out to a uh, mom or dad, sister, brother, grandma, grandpa. So hopefully in that sphere of, of people, there's somebody that has a level head and a logical thought pattern of what to do. So okay, the car broke down, it won't start, what do I do? Because the person who's with the car is having an emergency. And depending on what's going on, a simple, I can't get my car started and I'm going to be late for class, I'm going to be late for work, I'm going to be late for the doctor's appointment, whatever, becomes a very big deal. And so that makes you not think in the most... uh, logical thought process. So when they call somebody and they reach out to you, for example, I reach out to Jerry and say, Jerry, I, my tire's flat and I don't know what to do. And he's like, okay, Jim, here's what you do. You go to the car, you set the brake, you open, uh, it's a Ford truck, you go to the, you open the passenger's door if it's a crew cab, you lift up the seat, there's the jack, take the jack out, you know, here's how you jack it up. And if you've been through this entire process, then you can walk them through it or or walk somebody else through it, one of the two. Because if it's the blind right. leading the blind, then, oh, then you can call me. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I'll come out and do it. 
But uh, be aware that I'm not going to be as fast. I'm not going to get there as fast as you could just do it yourself because it's going to take me time to get to you. Like any service guy, it's going to take any service guy. I don't care who they are. It's going to take them time to to get a vehicle and get to you. Okay, because we're not sitting right next to you. So that's going to take 30 minutes right. at least. So in 30 minutes, you could have changed the tire if you knew what to do or if you could walk somebody through the process. And having, having, that, mm-hmm. having done that a couple of times on a particular vehicle, especially imagine we're talking about somebody who's 3,000 miles away. They're in Connecticut and you're in Tucson, Arizona, and you need to walk them through it. And you don't have any idea who to call because you've never talked to anybody out there. And I know this because I get calls mm-hmm. from parents all the time who are, hey, I'm calling on behalf of my, my son or my daughter whose car won't work and I'm trying to get it to the dealership or I'm trying to get it to the repair shop or I'm trying to get it to the tire guy to get tires put on it um, because they're having other, other problems that they can't handle this. So from 3,000 miles away, I'm trying to take care of this. And it's pretty tough to handle stuff 3,000 miles away unless you are really got a good handle on what it is you're trying to do. So what what kind of vehicle, where it's at, where it's going, and doing the tire change or the jump start, you know, even the battery. Um, I My car is dead. I need to jump it. Uh, I open the hood and I can't find the battery. Yeah, it's not in the hood anymore. It's not under the hood anymore. It's behind the rear, it's behind the passenger seat or it's in the trunk or it's, you know, God knows where they put them anymore today because they're all over the place. <laughs> so SUVs could be, you know, that, oh, you got to pull the pull the back seat back and lift up the carpet and then take the panel off and, oh, there it is in the floor pan. Yeah, so, and if you don't know that, well, you're not, you can't, you can't get it done. You know, you could look for an hour not and not know where it was at. And, and there are times that I, you know, I mean, Jerry and I can tell you, you can look for a battery for a while. You get out the owner's manual and you go, oh, there it is. Boy, that was a good, you know, that was a good place to put it. You know, someplace where obscure where you'd never see it to save your life. But, oh, well, lo and behold, there mm-hmm. it is. Oh, we stuck it in this well that you couldn't get your fingers in. You know, you can barely get a, a you know, a mm-hmm. long ratchet in there to take the battery hole down out. You know, you can't, and it's, oh, it's under the seat. Mm-hmm. I love Jeeps. They're particularly my favorite because they put them under the passenger seat. You have to turn it up at an angle, flip it upside down to get it out of the thing. But if you don't know that, right. you can't help somebody. So the, if you're if you're the responsible party, you it's really important for you to have at least gone through the process to change that tire or jumpstart the car or even turn on the headlights to help out the person that you're going to get to help out because the phone call is coming or the text message is coming, but it's usually going to be a phone call because it's a panic. <laughs> Absolutely. I got a call last week from Pahrump, Nevada. Now, for the people that Pahrump, don't know Nevada. where Pahrump, Nevada is, it's at the edge of the at Death Valley. And the lady was driving a Kia, a little Kia Spectra, and she had a flat tire. So she went out, and she's going to change it, and uh, they did. They changed it, put the little donut tire on. <clears throat> she had put the donut tire on, and I just started laughing because I know the family. And uh, she said, what are you laughing at? And I said, because I can almost tell you exactly what happened. When's the last time you checked the tire pressure in that donut tire? 
Long story short, she put the donut tire on there, drove it about less than 10 miles. The tire blew out on the donut tire because it was in, a, I guess it was a factory tire. Oh, no. And it was a 2009 or something like that. And it also didn't, the air pressure was down on it. And it went out as soon as the rim hit the road, it destroyed the rim. The way I got involved in it, because she couldn't find a wheel for Kia in Nevada. There was none available. We, I got a hold of my guys in Tucson, and they run it, and there was nothing in Tucson. But there was one in California. And so it was going to be ship one from a, a salvage yard in California to Pahrump, Nevada, for that uh, spare tire. Well, <clears throat> the tire shop in Pahrump, Nevada, now this this is on a car that can't be driven <laughs> because it has no tires. It has three tires. And she called me back after we'd found the, the tire, a wheel, just a wheel in California, and it's going to cost about $100 to get that thing to her in Nevada for just a, just a wheel. And um, it wasn't a, a little space saver. It was a regular full-size wheel. That was the only thing that was available. And the I think the dealerships for the rim on that thing was 270 some dollars for the rim. Long story short, the tire shop called her back up there and said, we found a car that a guy has sitting in his yard. We went over, we stopped by and asked him if he's driving the car. And he said, well, no. He said, would you like to sell a rim? <laughs> That's how she got a rim. And this was out of Pahrump, Nevada. That brought up that thing. If you have a spare tire in your car, it goes with the same rules as a car with the tires on it because it's supposed to be the backup of whatever you have on the ground. Go in there. <laughs> and check it to make sure that you have air in it. They they look like they got air in it. They feel like they've got air in it. It probably does. Twenty pounds. That's all it takes to for the untrained hand to actually test a tire on one of these spare tires, one of these little space savers. It's supposed to be about sixty pounds of air. It's supposed to run about fifty miles until you get to the next shop, a maximum of 50 miles, and get a new tire put on the other rim and get it fixed. And we forget this. I would say, and Brian Fuller told me one time, that probably 80 to 90% of the spare tires that they check don't have air in them. 20 pounds is not air. When you set it down on the ground, it goes to the ground. You put it on, you think, oh, I'm good. I guess it's supposed to look like that. And you drive away and it comes apart. Just remember what I'm telling you about that. This portion of the show is also brought to you by my buddies over at Parker Automotive, located at 5101 East Speedway, the Parker Automotive Service Center, ParkerAutoAZ.com, 520-323-1960. Excellent shop, Midtown Tucson, 5101 East Speedway, 
state-of-the-art. They have everything in it from the big they, – they treat – they do everything to a car just like Simmons and just like Automotive does, Automotive Specialist. So Parker Automotive, uh, they've got – they also carry tire, a line of tires. So if you have entire problems or questions, you can just pop in there. And they'll check your tires. They'll check the car. They do a all service just the same way that Simmons does it and automotive service. When you get an oil service, you get the oil change in addition to a vehicle inspection. And they will write it down. They'll hand it to you. They'll tell you about it. Then it's up to you whether or not you want anything done to it or if you want to do what you could do yourself, you do. And that's a big advantage that we found that we actually help people because we've seen what they haven't had a chance to see, and that's called educating the public. And then for the guys out there, the do-it-yourselfers, hey, if they know what it is and they can do it, they'll do it. So if not, they'll have it done by their favorite shop, and life life goes on. Parker Automotive, can't say enough about Mike and Scott over there. In fact, I'll probably have Scott back on the program here shortly. And... Uh, We'll we'll let Parker Automotive explain all the services that they offer over there. I'll put it this way. The only thing they don't do is paint and body and glass replacement. They do everything else from door handles to door locks to electronic diagnostics and repairs, air conditioning repairs, um, oil services, engine repairs, transmission repairs and service. They do it all. They're just they're a full service shop. They're just like Simmons. They're just like automotive specialists. Parker Automotive does an excellent job on it. And they got a beautiful place. Fifty one oh one East Speedway. All right. So that's that's got all of my sponsors that bring this program to you on a weekly basis. So I am done with the sponsors for today. Air up your spare tires. As soon as this program's over. Go out, open it up. If you've got a spare tire, you can get to it. Put a gauge on that thing and find out what kind of air you have in it because we can walk around and look at the tires on a car and pretty much see if we got a low one or not, I mean, it, with the eye. But the, depending on the rim and how short, if you've got a 19-inch rim and you've got a short sidewall on the tire, they don't protrude like they do if you've got a, 15-inch rim and a 15-inch tire with a big wide sidewall on it. They'll puff out. The others, man, you got to you got to really have an eagle eye. But trust me, get you a gauge, get you a tire gauge. They're not hard to use. Uh, the most you'll have to do is take a valve stem cap off, and then you can check your own tires. Get used to that especially if you're planning on taking a trip, even to Phoenix, and you haven't checked your tires out in a month. But they recommend checking air pressures at about monthly basis, just walking around and testing them. But make sure that spare tire, the one that you're going to have to change on the road, you know where every piece of equipment is. You know that you've got plenty of air in it when you lift the house. And if you have a spare tire that's completely flat, you need to, Check it and find out why it went flat. Was it just been sitting in there for 15 years? Or does it have a little nail in it that maybe you had changed out before and you took it down and had it patched and uh, and then you didn't put it back on the ground and the patch didn't seat like it was supposed to and it seeped down? 
that will still hold air and still get you to a place to get service, but you've got to put air in it. You have to maintain it, put it at the factory specs on the air, look at the side of the sidewall on it and see what the cold air pressure is and put it to the cold max air pressure on that tire because it's going to be riding around in the back, not doing anything, just sitting there with a slow leak in it. They do leak based on temperatures, and you can, you know, then then you're safe. At least you'll have a spare tire. And don't assume that if it's got a marked date on it that's it's 12 to 13 years old, that when you put it on the road, it's going to stay on the road because it's going to be have hard sidewalls. It's going to have dry rot in it. There's a whole lot of things you need to look at it. If you don't know what you're looking at when you look at your tires, take it to your garage and have those guys to inspect it. Take it by a tire shop, have them inspect it. You can even pull into a tire shop, most of them in Tucson, Arizona, and actually have them check your tire pressures. Okay, I know they do it because I've seen it done. I've been there when they were doing it, and they don't get mad at you because you. Oh well, you're going to be. A, you're not a time waster. You're. They're giving you a service to keep you on the road the way you're supposed to be. So take advantage of it. All right, we're about out of time, Jim. We got about looks like about three minutes. One minute. Um, what else do you want to add on that? We got one minute. Oops. Okay. One, Got anything you want to add, Jim? One minute, we'll we'll do it quick. Yeah, check your check your tire pressure. It's super important, and not and not by kicking it, not by putting your hand on it. Actually, get out a gauge. If you don't have a gauge, go buy a gauge. It's um, the only calibrated equipment's the best way to go. Um, you can't really do it better than that. So, other than that, um, Jerry. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure being on with you today. I tell everybody, super safe Saturday. I'll say it one more time. No drinking, no driving, no texting, no talking. Drive with your eyes on the road. Watch out for the rain today. Watch out for slippery roads. And if you're working on your car, jacks, oh, jack stands, disconnect batteries, and mode props so you don't have that that intermittent uh, <laughs> head-banging uh, problem from from a fallen from, from a fallen hood. Uh, treat your car right. Treat uh, your car right. Crush. Treat you right. Yep. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate your help, buddy. All Until right. next week, uh, I want everybody to have a safe one. Just like Jim says, make it a super safe Saturday. Thanks for joining us this morning. I hope you picked up something from the show. God bless, drive safe, and happy motoring. Until next week, bye-bye.